Cleb and Tweez Show, episode four. This is Cleb. This is Tweez. Um, here we go. Just kind of dive right in. We told you last week that we wanted to do a special episode today. Um, we're recording on a Thursday, per usual. Um, the episode's going to be fueled by questions by you guys. We got a good amount of questions in. Yeah, kind of like, like a people's choice as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, pretty excited. We also have some um, some regular things like, you know, Tiger's update again, a little Belleville update. Um <laughs> Uh, Tweez is putting his clicky pin to the side, so hopefully we won't have too much You will hear it all episode if I don't. Um, we also have a couple questions prepared for each other that neither one of us know what's going to be, so that's going to be a little bit of a surprise. We could really check in the box. Talk about that. Um, you know what we didn't we didn't even think about doing? What's that? Uh, Memento. Ah. So, uh, you, you know, I think it'll be okay. This is about the people today. Right. Um, we'll get back into We'll get it. back to the Memento uh, next week. And episode Cinco next week. Yeah. That's so, five. breakdown. I already told you. <laughs> Cinco is five. Yeah. Yep. So, the breakdown again here is, uh, obviously, updates and then straight into the questions. Basically, that's what the episode's going to be today. So, um, little Tigers update. You want to go ahead and jump off of that? Um, for the Tigers update, like like we've kind of been doing, we're going to give you, you know, kind of how the pitchers have been doing. Uh, this actually past week was much better than what it has been. Um, this is the part of the spring where they're kind of starting to extend their starts a little bit. Um, today, Thursday, um, Norris went four and a third, gave up two runs off of six hits. So, um, certainly not perfect, but, you know, no, it looks, it's, it's a good sign to see. It looks good. That goes back to kind of what I talked about last week. And you may have gotten caught off guard. I said zeros are a little more lucky than anything. I'd rather see, wouldn't rather see, but a, a two, a, a one something that right. feels much more normal to me. Right. So uh, that those from Norris, I think, makes and, me feel better. And um, I did read an article on Twitter a couple days ago that it sounds like Boyd is pretty much um, just about all but sealed the fifth spot. So I think you and I's. Um, not really, you know, looking at our crystal ball, but I just think you and I's baseball knowledge can Absolutely. see that one coming. It validates the reason for this podcast Absolutely. to exist, that we do, we do know what we're right. talking about. Um, we're not just completely just blind when we make picks. Exactly. Um, but I think, which is good, uh, that gives you a lot of youth in the rotation with Fulmer, Norris, and Boyd. Uh, gives you the two veterans, which certainly, hopefully, you know, they feed off of each other. But I think... Um, I think Palfrey actually does stick around. We mentioned uh, in that article from all the way in episode one that he would get cut, but I think he's going to say he's going to stick around. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> not sure, I'm not sure that was, I don't think that was English for a little bit. Um, but I don't think you and I, either one of us, know what to do with Sanchez. It's, and you just don't know. Uh, hopefully he stays in AAA for a while until he cleans something up. Maybe bring him up. You know, to see one or two batters here and there. I don't want him to be a long relief guy. Right. I don't want him to be a closer or setup. There, there's no reason to have him there. But, it, I mean, you said no setup, so that takes out the eighth. No close, that takes out the ninth. No long relief, so that takes out five, six, sometimes seven. He's, so, all I of a think sudden, he's I don't your, have a spot for him. I think he's your, your, your one batter, lefty-righter matchup. Give it a shot. I know he's got the shortest leash, po- leash possible. He probably turns out to be that 7th or 8th starter when the schedule got really weird and kooky because of reschedules and whatnot. So all of a sudden, we need a guy. And, you know, Joe Schmo just in the AAA isn't, you know, he's he's better than him, but not by exactly, a whole lot. So. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that's it. I mean, things have been looking good. Everybody's looking better. We're getting more realistic numbers, that, things that will give us a better idea of how it's looking. And uh, a little cool quick story. Uh, Bruce Rondone and Ian Kinsler actually faced off in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. Um, Kinsler is for, playing for the United States. Um, and Rondone, Venezuela, I, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, they won 4-2 to last night, so that had been Wednesday because we're here on a Thursday. Um, he actually struck them out on three straight pitches. So you and I, a little giddy, a little smile yeah. when we hear that because we're more worried about Rondone. We know what Kinsler's going to give us. 
we have no worries. That's probably the most, you know, just consistent level-headed guy on the team yeah. that you and I both love watching. So it, and was, it was actually cool to see Rondo make Again, that how, yeah, how fun would that to be? How fun would that be to play against your coworker essentially? Yeah, absolutely. You know, in yeah. a little bit of an all-star game type scenario. Yep. Um, yeah, so so Tigers are looking good. It's coming around. Um, I heard on the radio you know, interview with Mr. Brad Osmus that Brad, um, Brad that <laughs> that'll probably be a thing the rest of this podcast. <laughs> that um, you know, he's not care. He doesn't. Spring training isn't about the wins. Right. Isn't about really trying to win games. It's seeing what guys have. So people ask him, "Man, you guys aren't doing so hot." He's like, "I'm not even trying to really win. Right. I'm trying to see what each specific person has." Absolutely. Um, yeah. So spring training, I'm excited. Looks good. Uh, ready for baseball to start. Quick plug: Nick Castle. Solanos did at a home run today, so yeah, I, I almost started to cry because I was so damn happy. <laughs> hey, so. there you go. Uh, a little bit of a Bell Bell update. Uh, boys basketball is kind of the last team in the fight as far as state tournaments go. They won the last game that we mentioned against Ipsy Lincoln. Mm-hmm. I almost doubled a bump, really, really took them to the woodshed. Oh, absolutely. Um, but the regional um, against Romulus, Oof. they played out in, uh, they played out in Wayne Memorial, so it was a little bit of drive for both teams. But um, Romulus handed it to them. Yeah, it uh, sounds like it was a pretty well, pretty well good game. First half, second half came out and um, Romulus hit everything. Bellwell hit nothing. Yep. And Romulus um, is good. I mean, we've been absolutely. playing Romulus as long as I've been in high school, and they've always just been a tough team in basketball. Just a, just a couple years ago, Bell, or Romulus won it all in basketball. Um, a couple years ago, uh, their head coach at the time, Nate Oates, quick shout-out, now coaches for Buffalo, yeah. uh, University of Buffalo. We actually saw him live once. Very cool. Um, so Romulus is certainly no slouch to lose to. Like we, like we said, a lot of those kids are juniors, so they're going to be coming back, and I think they're going to be coming back with a vengeance. Yeah. So. Um, now, moving on, before I hit the questions, do you want to talk about the quick article we found, or uh, I mean, save it for later? Well, we can we can mention it right now, just kind of give a quick tease. Yeah. Um, it's going to be about Manny Ramirez in Japan. So he, Manny Ramirez... Uh, former big-time Red Sox, oh, big-time yeah, Dodgers. I think he played for... Yeah, he was on the Dodgers, A little yep. bit of time there. Um, huge, big-time athlete, when we say huge, kind of a huge guy, even. I yeah, mean, he was take definitely like, bigger. Take, like, Dor- David Ortiz, but wider. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, off the bump, right? And yep. so he's moving to Japan to play, and the, the article basically is about the interesting perks that his contract and got And we'll, we'll mention those later in the show, but there's some, some kind of some different perks than what most guys will definitely get. Exactly. So jumping right into the questions, we have the first question from Jesse Johnson. That'd be my coworker. Jesse, if you're listening, man, I appreciate you. This is quite the fun question to start, to start the show off with. Here the question is, would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Uh, have you ever had an encounter with a duck? I have. I've had one encounter with a duck and one encounter with like one of those Canadian geese type things. They're, Those things are mean as hell. Oh, absolutely. But a duck. They bite your finger off. I, I think they will if you get too close. I mean, there's plenty of times you see them. It's like, oh, they're so cute. But at the same time, I'm I'm gonna walk around them. So now, now magnify one duck right to the size yep. of a horse, which I'm not even sure if it would fit in this room. Probably not. No. So I, and then you got horses, right? So horses, duck size. I would probably want to go up against. The hundred small horses, to, and th- see that we're a little different. I would take the one horse sized duck because I would see <laughs> this him. Is such a ridiculous because re- because on that size, I don't. I wouldn't be able to see how he could fly. This isn't Pegasus. That's true. So I would, you know, I would try to use my quick, agile feet that I have. Which, Real, wait, your quick agile? Yeah, feet? I'm really light on my feet, but I'm thinking a horse. <laughs> 
is just a massive animal. Maybe I can use a little shiftiness on him. But if I got a hundred coming at me, it's like there, there's no way. I'm, I'm but going down. But they're small. They are small. But you put that many at once going That's at true. you. That's true. That's true. It's interesting that we took different takes right. on that. So thanks for the question, Jesse. I had definitely <laughs> fun to talk about. Certainly made the gears turn. Oh, well, hopefully you guys got a kick out of that. Let us know what you think too. If there's any questions you guys want to answer, comment below. On Which prefer would you like to fight? <laughs> comment below on if you wanted to, uh, you know, fight one or the other. Other on Facebook, send it to us. We like to hear what you guys think about these questions too. Um, so the next question, next question. This is from. Um, this is actually a private message. So do I release his name? Um, let's keep it private. Yeah. Okay. Uh, private message. He must have that felon out that we were talking felony out that we were talking about last week. <laughs> um, so this is actually a very good question. Many of us non sabermetrics guys hate this stat with a passion, but it's actually a good question. Why does every baseball analyst want me to care about war? Yep, so let me explain it. Obviously, we're not talking about the actual war, like fighting and guns. We're talking we're about not. wins above replacement. You want to give a quick breakdown of kind of where that's at? Hold on, he's sipping on the water there. Sorry, I do. Yeah, uh, which, whistle. which game we got on the, the phone um, over there? We're currently watching uh, Middle Tennessee and Minnesota. Oh, okay. Phone. March um, Madness is is among us people, so we do have a game going on the phone. Depending on who you ask, these are the best two days in in sports Absolutely. every year. Um, wins above. I guess I just yep. told you what it is. War <laughs> is wins above replacement. So that means take Miguel Cabrera, first baseman for the Tigers, big big time All Star. Now the wins above replacement takes in a lot of different stats, which you'll touch on in a second. But basically means is he better than just John Doe that you will get in AAA? Or does he actually make a difference to the team? So Cabrera's wins above replacement is right around four to five a year um, because it's not just a purely hitting stat that you will mention in a second. Um, but it takes into a lot of things. I personally don't like it. Like other sabermetrics, I think it's, um, I think, you're, again, you're trying to take the human element out of it exactly. and make an X and Y, which you can't. Um, but that's basically what it is, just how much better are you than just somebody they can pull off the streets or into exactly. play. So uh, just a quick kind of preview as to how they calculate war. And this doesn't honestly make a lot of sense to me. I like numbers, but this is a little bit out there. I'm just going to read it right off the website. Numbers, yeah. This is from fangraphs.com. So for position players, and we'll just focus on that for now, um, it's to calculate war, um, you want to take their batting runs, which is what they hit in, their base running runs, the times that they run through and actually touch on plate themselves, their fielding runs, I'll uh, be honest, I'm not sure I know what that is. Uh, so basically you have RBIs, runs scored, and whatever that third stat means. Exactly. Fielding runs. I'm assuming what they give up while they're on the field. Okay. Um, kind of like plus minus for hockey, right. I'm assuming. Um, they're above average and then add a positional adjustment, <laughs> positional adjustment, a small adjustment for their league, and then add in the replacement runs so that we're comparing their performance to the people under them. So the three three things you just mentioned at the bottom, because I'm seeing it's kind of like a like a fractional type top and bottom. Yep. You add them, combine them, all that good exactly. stuff. Exactly. Um, are they pulling these numbers out of anywhere? Do, are these numbers the same for every player? And you know, that's a great question. I didn't really look into it a whole lot, um, but it looks like it, it's there's a breakdown. We can tr- what, you know we'll post this link. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, below when we post just like last week. So the the idea about wins above replacement is it's kind of one stat to rule them all for yep. the people who believe in it or, or trust in it. So it takes you know one stat. It takes the human element out. It looks at you know probably five, six, looks like different things into yeah. account for one player and how he performs above, you know, the average Joe at the, you know, the average player. Right. Um, so that's that's why they care. That's why they want you to care because it's one stat that you can think about that 
if it you know if if you believe in it, that can really give you a sense of how he does amongst the league. And the past three years to give you um, an idea of who leads it every year. Um, twenty sixteen was Mike Trout. Twenty fifteen was Bryce Harper. Twenty fourteen was Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. Um, so the look- only Tiger that came up on the last three years, and that last was last year. Verlander had a WAR of almost seven. So basically, he gets you seven more wins than just an average pitcher does. Yeah, absolutely. So this kind of goes back to last week we talked about if we're going to give up Miguel Cabrera, maybe yes. you look at his WAR. Let's say it's four, yep. right? So it means you need to find three other guys at under Miguel's price that'll get you four and, more and this wins goes back than to you were. Money ball that we were talking about is that we can get two or three guys for cheaper to have him do the same thing as what Miguel does by himself. And quick disclaimer. You and I are explaining this in the best detail that we can, but this is not a stat that you and I believe in or no. enjoy talking or about. understand for the right. most part. Uh, this is this is just kind of the base knowledge that we can give you from what we yeah. know and a little bit of information. So, that we gather. But the question again um, from the private message was, why do they want us to care about it? The reason they want us to care about it, I believe, is because it's the one stat that kind of encompasses everything right. a player can do. It's it's the best way to put all players up against each other. Not like oh he plays first, so just first baseman, or he plays left field. Yep. This is the best way to put every guy up against each other. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so moving on there, who do we have next? Hartman. Hartman, Mr. Hartman. Andrew Hartman, a former teacher of uh, both of us. Yeah, I don't think I actually ever had him. He was a a baseball coach when I was playing there at the high school. His question is, what is your favorite double-digit seed to make it through the second weekend? He's Uh, talking about March Madness, obviously college basketball. And for those of you that don't know anything about March Madness, 68 teams make it now, four teams play. um, Actually, there's, there's, there's four games Actually, they're called playing games. So um, the worst two automatic berths, um, that doesn't, no, the worst four automatic berths and the worst four at large bids um, playing kind of, uh, you know, just a one game playoff that gets you into the tournament. So today is actually the first day of the tournament. Um, so each team is listed one through 16. There's four different regions. Um, you know, it goes field of 64. Round to 32, Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final 4. So yep. that's kind of how it gets to. It's actually almost like a month-long process. Oh, that's we, huge. I mean, it's I mean, it's almost this time next month um, before I really see the national title game. Um, but for me, who um, I think my double-digit seed to make it through the second weekend, or make it through to the second weekend, not get all the way through it. Um, but it's actually the team I'm watching right now. Um, I'm watching the Middle Tennessee and Minnesota game. Um for those of you that follow Michigan State basketball, um, and last year, uh, I really don't apologize. I'm actually smiling as a Michigan fan <laughs> myself. Um, the two fifteen game, they were the two seed, they were the 15, and obviously the higher seed you are, the better you are. So the two should beat the 15 almost, you know, probably 97, 98 times out of 100. Um, Middle Tennessee was that team to upset Michigan State as the 15. Um, they got a couple really good athletes. One is uh, Giddy Potts, and I just learned today that he was his, he was named Giddy because his mom was laughing while he was giving birth to. Oh, her. that is hilarious! So that's, that's a cool quite the story, story right there. Um, but they're a twelve seed. Um, I think they're underseeded. I think Minnesota is kind of overseeded, but I think Middle Tennessee is the is the team to do it. Um, after this game, holding true with what I'm searching right or what I'm looking at right now, um, they would play. Uh, I believe Butler is the next team. So yep. you would play a combination of Thursday, Saturday, or Friday, Sunday, just depending on how the bracket looks up. But um, that, to the answer to the question, my favorite double seat, double digit seat to do it is Middle Tennessee, the 12 seat. 
Yeah, so I, I, I took a probably more of a, a cheap route. I'm gonna take VCU. Okay. Um they're uh seated tenth, so they're the high you know, the best double digit right. seed you can find. Um, you know, my memory I'm not a big college basketball fan other than Michigan. Um, I do enjoy, you know, Eastern but they're not gonna be doing a whole lot in the March Madness probably right. for years to come. Um so I have VCU going through in a couple of my brackets. I filled out <coughs> twenty brackets. I was very bored at work today. <laughs> um Sean, my boss, if you're listening, I actually wasn't bored. I worked very hard. I promise. Um, but VCU, uh, to my knowledge, I think they've done well in the past um, in in March Madness, and so it was. They're going up against St. Mary's, um, which to me just kind of off the top of my head, it's, it sounds like a smaller school. It's, it's, it's a smaller school. It's out west. Um, and VCU so, coach, the old coach of VCU, Shaka Smart was his name, a little bald fella. Hey. He's the coach, now coach of Texas, but yeah, yeah. yeah so that's a good pick. Obviously, we're looking at two different types of pickers here. I kind of go by gut feeling on top of the very little that I know. Um, whereas Tweez over there has, a, you know, a, a good handful more knowledge than I do on a lot of these teams. So that's my that's my pick to make it through. Do I really think they're going to make up that far? Maybe I don't know because if they if they win, they're going to go up against probably Arizona, uh, which is a sec- a two seed, and that's probably a hard one to win to make it past the second. Um, but that right, absolutely. But that's kind of the part of being the low seeds is that uh, you have a harder harder road absolutely. if there's such a thing as an it makes easy it more road. exciting. They have, they have it twice as hard. Um, so we're going to go ahead and jump to the next question. Um, Mary, or Margie King. Margie King. Yep, my Aunt, Aunt Margie, this, my mom's sister. Right. Aunt Marge, yep. so good she, to have you. Exactly. <laughs> so she asked, uh, scouting came up at wrestling meeting at a wrestling meeting tonight. Can you talk more about that? Um, so she has a son, my cousin, George. Uh, George Caleb, his middle name was named after me. Very uh, cool. I can talk more about that later. Basically, I just kept nagging. Did you guys pick a middle name yet? Right. Did you pick a middle name yet? Finally, she said, yeah, can you guess what it is? <laughs> Caleb. I said, no way. That's so cool. So uh, so George is a wrestler. He plays a huge kid. Just awesome. He's got a lot of talent for lots of sports. Okay. But right now it's wrestling season. Uh, it's just actually just getting wrapped up. Not a C go to Bubba? No, they're in Jonesville. They're out okay. a little bit out west Never there. Never mind. So uh, black and orange still, which is oh, kind of cool. Jonesville comments. Um, anyway, so uh, wrestling scouting is something I don't know a whole lot about. Um, now, scouting in general, we, I did. Right. We can just touch on a little bit of scouting that we went through you went through a little harder than I did um, I only talked to I think two guys my entire four years obviously you did take it to the next level so you know a little more about it yeah, so so and, and scouting things we we've kind of talked about this in a couple of podcasts before. We're looking to for this podcast if we can help people get out there like Devontae Dobbs, a sophomore from Belleville, with yeah. offers from um, Alabama. Obviously, he doesn't need our help, but if right. there's other kids in the in the town or in the surrounding areas that we see are doing awesome things, and if this podcast gets big enough that a couple of college coaches hear coaches hear about them, that's one way you can get scouted right. is just by word of mouth. And that's where that's where if that ever does happen, where a coach does hear this and want to check that kid out, then. You know, you and I, that's that's gonna jobs. meet right. That's gonna meet any goal than you and I could ever set. Exactly. Um, so, and I, unfortunately, the name of the kid for the basketball team escapes me. Gabe Brown. That's the one. Um, huge kid, real tall, like six seven, six eight, mm-hmm. um, one seventy, one eighty. You've mentioned Michigan. Uh, I have a buddy that goes to Michigan State. He's mentioned that Izzo's looking at him. So yeah. clearly that kid's got a future. Absolutely. Is. So scouting in general, right? So for for baseball scouting for me, unless you're some top-notch person who's just striking out everybody in every game. You almost have to scout yourself in high school unless you go to a kind of like a, a bigger um, public school or a um, private um, normally a religious school of some kind like a country day or a Catholic Central, stuff like that, where they just know the athletes are going to be there. 
but when you're in high school, normally you have to almost recruit yourself. Um, send a video of yourself out or just, you know, send the coach an email just when you're just looking through that college's website. Yeah, but absolutely. you almost have to do all the work yourself. It's, and it starts off with, with the kid and the and really, to me, the drive, right? The talent yeah. the talent is good, but if you have the drive and the want to play at the next level, that's the first thing. The second thing is to work yourself up and right. feel like you're ready to play the next level. Then make some sort of video. Um, then you just kind of get out there like a newspaper boy throwing newspapers on every doorstep you find. You gotta send the video to every person you can, share it on social media, get it viral, get it out there. Um, for baseball, for me, I played at a camp that Kyle Scouts came to. Now, I paid money, I played for three days, I played a couple games, a couple practices uh, where Kyle Scouts could come each day whenever they wanted, and they had a book with all of our stats in it from high school, and they got to see us live. So that was kind of cool. That's how I got scouted. Uh, I did talk to Calumsy College for a while afterwards, and they asked me some questions and proceeded with that. But for wrestling, I did a little bit of research. I didn't see a whole lot of camps. I'm, I'm sure there are some out there. Absolutely. But the biggest thing is to get that video, get that footage, uh, maybe some stats, and just start sending them to colleges. Because, of course, even with wrestling like it is with any sport, there's guys that just have God-given talent. That by the time they're two or three years old, whether it's basketball, football, whatever it is, they just know how to play it and can play it with their eyes closed. But then there are guys, and I'll just group them all into, we'll keep using that star method, that two or three star guys... Let's put, you know, a thousand athletes into that, but it's, you know, that top 10% of them that just are going to want to work their ass off and going to want to just work harder than everybody else that will get found, you know, when that coach shows up and, you know, that guy's just kind of messing around, not paying attention to practice, or is it that guy that's paying attention, leading the drills, doing all the small things that you need to get noticed? Yeah, so so that's really what it breaks down to. So, Marjo, what I would do is I would, if George, you know, I've talked to George personally about this, which sports he wants to play, if he wants to play some sports. Um, he's got a couple options personally from you know what I know about him. Okay. You know, pick the sport that you really want to do, and if there's multiple sports, by all means, pick multiple sports. Right. Get some footage, get some stats, and just start emailing colleges, colleges that he's interested in, colleges locally, colleges far away. It, it doesn't hurt to get any of that stuff out there. And so it's certainly. Um, it has to go along with what you want to do in your future. Maybe yeah. maybe he is good enough to wrestle. I don't know if there's a professional wrestling league besides like um, UFC or there, I'm is, thinking there, like there, there are some. Um, there are some out there. Um, but use it as also an avenue to try to get your college paid for. You Absolutely. and I both know college is expensive. You know it a little better than I do because you dealt with kind of a more private college yeah. price than what I did. But college is expensive, so if somebody's even willing to help you pick up the bill and you're getting to play a sport while you're at it, that's, to me, that's just a double bonus. Yeah, absolutely. You can't beat that. Um, so we're going to keep moving on down. Is there anything else you wanted to add to the scouting aspect? No, I think that pretty well covers it. Um, so, Aunt Marge, if uh, there's something that you didn't hear in there and you want us to keep talking about, like, you know, just yeah, keep sending us questions. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to skip this next one. It's another funny one. We're going to save the funny one for laugh, make a little bit of a and sandwich. I'm gonna, and I'm going to set this one up for you. Um, this was sent in by Jesse Smirka, a friend of both of us. Yep. I'll actually see him a little bit later tonight. Um, so I mentioned that he got on here. Um, it's, a, it's a longer question, so just bear with me. But it's a question that um, it's about the sport of soccer. Um, every kid kind of played soccer growing up at some point, and then a lot of kids branch out. Um, in the States, it's not a huge sport. It's certainly getting better, um, but a lot of people see it as the fifth major sport, yep. even at times. So I'll kind of give you everything, and you did a little more research on it than I did, so I'll, I'll let you take it. I want to test your sac- soccer knowledge, LOL. Laugh out loud for <laughs> non-texting lingo. Um, Christian Pol- Polsic is yeah. an American soccer player playing for Borussia. 
I will say Borussia Dortmund. Okay. In Germany. Being a young kid, but a huge bright spot for USA soccer, how important do you think his he is to the development of American soccer, and do you think USA is on the right track towards greatness in international soccer as well as MLS? And for everybody that doesn't know, USA soccer is not really seen as the bright spot as it is for many things when people think of America. Soccer yep. doesn't really come up internationally. Um, interesting because USA Soccer has done very well in World Cups within the past couple World As Cups. of late, absolutely. Yeah. So, and obviously we can't speak to prior to obviously we're being born because right. I don't really know. Um, so, just kind of want to break into it. So, Christian Pulsic is kind of his hot shot. I think he's 18 years old. Okay. Um, very very young, young kid. Um, and there's been a couple in the past. Um, Freddie Adu is one of the other ones who kind of was big. Everybody said he's going to be the next big thing, some yeah. soccer star, and he did. He did well for himself, but he but by no means by no means became you know the next Messi. He's out there. So the the first part of the question is, do you think that he? Um, how important is he to the development of American soccer? So I had a chance to talk to my coworker Jesse Jesse Johnson on this one because he is a big soccer fan, um, and he said that you know he explained to me that. It's not just going to take one person to expand the development of American okay. soccer. Okay. So, but having somebody plan on behalf of the U.S. out in a big league, um, which is the Bundesliga. There's basically four international leagues. Um, I'll run through them really quick. There's the <coughs> there, there's the La Liga, Sorry. which is the Spanish league. There's Sierra A, which is the French league. There's Bundesliga, which is the German league, and there's the Premier League, which is the English right. English league, the England league. Um, now we look at how many active USA players are in those leagues. That gives you, at least in my mind, a little bit more of an idea of what an impact this one kid can have on how soccer is perceived for the nation. Yep. So there's zero active. Um, these stats uh, numbers are coming from Wikipedia, so if they're incorrect, obviously it's on my own fault. <laughs> Somebody but, um, changed it before he got in there. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, probably Jesse. He's great right. with us. So um, the La Liga, which is the Spanish league, there's zero active uh, American players. Okay. Uh, in the Sierra A, which is the French league, there's one active U.S. player. Okay. Um, in the Bundesliga, which is where Christian plays. Okay. Uh, that there's eight active players there. So that puts you at nine. Yep. And then in the Premier League, which is probably the the best known league, you have uh, Manchester. You have Liverpool, all the big right. soccer names that you know. Of. Names that you're going to know more. There's than... three active American players, so that puts you at uh, what? Twelve. What? Twelve. So not a whole lot when you look and, at the whole league. And the team is made up of eleven guys uh, when you're playing in a uh, an adult World Cup soccer game. Exactly. Now. So that is, you know, certainly that fills a team, but that you know, maybe like a team like Brazil, yeah. that everybody thinks up for soccer might have, you know, forty guys that can make their roster. Or could make the United States roster that doesn't even make the Brazil roster. Uh, exactly. So part of the question also comes down for me is MLS versus international soccer, like the, those big leagues. And so MLS is thought of in, in a lot of senses as this kind of retirement league. If you do really well in the foreign leagues, in the Bundesliga or Premier League, you're kind of at the end of your tenure, you're going to go, you know, they're not quite, the, the talent's not there, you're kind of getting a little older to play with the young kids over there but they're going to pay a lot of money to come over to an and, MLS team. And the biggest name that most people think of and you can equate it to is David Beckham. Yep. Um, played for the English national team for a long time. Probably the one of the biggest soccer icons besides like Pele and stuff like that. Exactly. And um, I would say at the time when he was big, he would be the Ronaldo or the Messi of his yeah, time. absolutely. Um, but yeah, came over here, got a ton of money, played for the LA Galaxy. I yep. want to say there's like maybe 14 MLS teams. Yeah, and it's expanded like right. we talked about. Um, right. Uh, we just, uh, they picked up two teams, um, Minnesota United um, and um, Atlanta United. Okay, yeah, sounds um, right. 
And actually, Detroit is in the running, uh, the next group of cities to get one. Um, they're trying really hard. They're bidding for one, um, which I've always said if soccer came to Detroit, I would absolutely go see one in absolutely. a heartbeat. Um, no, we should probably go check out. There is a Detroit FC, which is there like is. a super it's minor like, it's league. Like a, it's like a club team type, Exactly, type but it's, it's competitive, and so maybe we'll go and catch They, they do sometime. have a loyal following, from what I've gathered. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> we'll like you and I both kind of cut, got exactly, caught and yeah. waiting for the other to talk. But um, certainly you mentioned it's the retirement league, so obviously that's something you have to shake. Exactly. Um, but certainly if you're adding two teams, that means... <laughs> I apologize. Another tweeze-wheeze. <laughs> yeah. There it is. I like that. Um, but obviously if there's two, two teams, that means you have to fill out two more rosters. Um, so obviously that's another avenue to get players yeah, over here. Absolutely. It's going to spread and it's going to thin the talent, I think. So when I look at the overall question of how is this one kid going to affect American soccer, is you know he's one kid out of 12 people from the U.S. playing in the big leagues where all the big talent is for right. soccer. So his potential to really make an impact on how the foreigners and the rest of the world sees USA soccer, he's got a good chance, but he's got to really get out there right. and make a big name for himself. And I, and I think because it's soccer is such a team game like baseball is, it was how everybody perceived Mike Trout when he came in. Um, as you and I both know, and has kind of how has been the past couple of years, the Angels, yeah, he's a very good ball player. Five tool does it all, but at some point you, you got to have some help. So exactly. I think with, with this case... Um, I, I think the kid's gonna need some help. I'm, I'm sure this kid is very good at what he does. I'm sure he's very talented, and with everything that he does, I'm sure when he touches the ball, it's like magic. Your eyes light up. But at the same time, I think it's gonna take more pieces. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't think the one kid can he. Yeah, absolutely, he could. If he becomes the next Messi, then USA Soccer's back on the map. It's something where we really get a chance to see how excited you know our country is about right. a new sport. Absolutely. But the chances that he's gonna be the next Messi, um, if we're being honest, they're pretty slim. So if you're expecting him to not really go to the the tops of soccer, then he's just kind of another part of the team that's expanding the horizon of USA Soccer. So that's my basic answer. And we're answer. sitting here March 16, 2017. I believe the next World Cup is next year in 2018. Mm -hmm. um, I know they've played in qualifying matches. I, Like I said, I don't really know what the results have been. Um, certainly as just kind of a, a patriot that I like, like to consider myself, yeah. um, certainly would love to see him make it because, um, like most Americans, um, I myself am guilty. Don't watch a ton of soccer, but when the World Cup does come on, you know, I'll be there rooting them on, and you know, I'll pick up as many names as I can and try to be able to just, you know, BS and talk shop with somebody when they start yeah. talking about it, like any other sport. Absolutely. So the second part of the question, we'll try and rush through this a little bit, is um, do you think that USA is on the right track towards greatness in international soccer as well as MLS? So obviously, I'm, I'm going to say to be determined. Yeah, absolutely. Way so too early to tell. And this kid can't be the only reason that USA Soccer gets big international, but right. he definitely can be a helping factor. Not to mention you're putting, um, <laughs> and one way to put it, the entire country's hopes on an 18-year-old kid that can certainly blow up. Yeah, and not, not to say this kid can't handle the pressure, because maybe he will and prove me completely wrong, but that, that's a lot to put on, on yeah. an 18-year-old kid. So either way you look at it, uh, Chris uh, Christian or Chris Pulsick, definitely somebody to keep your eye on while you're watching Absolutely. soccer on TV. Uh, moving on down to the next question, from Sarah Stinchcomb. Uh, Sarah, I hope I say that right. I'm not sure if I do. Uh, she is a friend that I, I met playing 
um, softball from our church's softball team. Okay. Uh, she's from Canada, so she's always making jokes about that. And uh, anyway, so she asks, what are the best March Madness games to watch? Say I only watch four to six games, not a hundred. So we're looking at um, number four. What's that mean? Oh. <laughs> it's a valid question. I'll answer that one off air. All right. I'll enough. answer that question mm-hmm. off air. But the... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. We he asked me an off-air question. And I said I would definitely answer it off-air for him. Um, so I think not the hundred games. I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Show. Um, I think we are. I think this is the best. The best weekend in sports. Trust me. I love opening day. I love the Super Bowl stuff like that. But to me, I can go twelve o'clock noon to twelve o'clock midnight today, Thursday, and tomorrow Friday of just straight basketball. Yeah. Um, I won't be able to do it because unfortunately I have this thing called life that I have to take care of and do with. Um, but for any downtime I have, I'm gonna be on my phone watching the game Absolutely. I can right now. I'm when, gonna be in front of a TV with four different channels to choose from. When I lived in Kalamazoo I had a couple friends on the baseball team who lived in one dorm and one apartment together. And when when March Madness came around, they brought every T V they had yep. and hooked it up to their Xboxes or Playstations. And we had four or five games on yeah. at once in one room. Absolutely. It's a blast to watch. Oh, it really is. So to get down to the question, uh, for me, I'm not going to talk about specific teams. I'm going to talk about those types of matchups you're looking for. So I think if you're only going to watch a couple throughout the process... I, I would say look for those those tighter seed matchups, that 8-9, that 7-10, that 6-11, you know, exactly. where the, the numbers are closer. So you imagine those teams are going to be a little tighter, a little snugger. <laughs> Big old bear hug on that matchup. I didn't know where I was going with it. I apologize. So uh, you, you obviously have to save... You know the 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 final matchup. I, I think that's the one you need to watch. As oh, well. absolutely. So that would be like you know second week in April. Exactly. So now you're down to four or five games left. Maybe 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 you watch the semifinals. Right. Maybe you watch those last three games. And I would tell you if you don't want to watch this weekend, fine. Next weekend, I would tell you to pick up next weekend about Sunday where there's eight teams left. So you're watching four, five, six. So you're watching seven games at the most. But you're watching the eight best teams left all the way to the last team. So that's basically, you know, five to seven or eight games right there. So I would tell you that's probably the best basketball you're going to get if you're not a huge basketball fan. Absolutely. One quick update here, looking at my brackets. Uh, next, uh, the next, you know, the round of 32 here, you're looking at one good game I think that's probably going to be worth it um, is Middle Tennessee versus Butler. Middle yep. Tennessee did win. Did pull they the just upset. Beat out, yeah, <laughs> they beat out Minnesota. Uh, a, a fairly handy win, honestly, 72 to 81. That's yep. a pretty big win. So I think that's a, definitely a good game to watch. You have a chance of an underdog possibly overtaking Butler. Right. Uh, it's the definitely game one to cur- keep your eye on. The game I'm currently watching, Northwestern versus Vanderbilt, um, 8-9 matchup. Fun fact, this is the first ever tournament appearance for the Northwestern Wildcats. Really? So the Northwestern grads out there, first of all, congrats for making it into Northwestern. Absolutely. Two, go Cats. Um, currently, oh, Northwestern just took the lead 67-66 with 14 seconds left, so I'll keep you, keep you yeah, in the loop. Keep you going. So, if I jump up, I'll let you know. <laughs> well, you'll you, probably you'll hear, hear it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so moving on, that takes care of the games. You want to find a couple of the, you know, not drastic. You don't want to find the one seed games early on. Those aren't going to be as fun to watch. But you want to find those ones where there's a good chance of an upset. You know, an 8-9, maybe a 10-7. I would tell you to stay away from the 1-16s, the 2-15s, the 3-14s, yep. just because it's very, very... Very unlikely. Yep. So, so those are the ones that we say to watch. Um, we hope that gives you a good idea of what to keep your eye on, so that you can catch some good basketball games. And, and we're gonna we're gonna end off the question, the the fan question portion of it with with kind of another funny one. We talked about the the big ducks and the little ducks. 
This is from Sierra Gillard. Gillard. Yep, a you good friend of mine. Went to, yeah, went to Townsend College with her. Um, one of her middle school students asked, "Is sand called sand because it's between sea and land?" What a what a question! First off, a little Doctor Seuss tongue twister. Exactly. In there, <laughs> On top of the low toner, making it fudged up so you can't read it. <laughs> right, but. <laughs> From a middle school perspective, critical thinking, A-plus English job right there, because that's deeper than I ever would have thought about sand. Little Jimmy or little Susie, uh, (laughs) if if your teacher's listening, Sierra, definitely give them little extra credits for showing up on a podcast. But to to think about it, I I would agree with them. I mean, for the moment, I wouldn't see any reason not to. Uh, it's hard to say. You know, I tried to do a little bit of research to see the origin of the word sand. It's is, a hard is, thing to is find. Is there research behind sand besides it's dry and you add water, turns into mud? Like. You got, but you got to think somebody chose the name, right? So where was the origin of the name? Right. I was is, trying to is find it that. Latin? Is there a different definition? Do you think about the spelling bee? The kid's writing it on their piece of paper. I didn't make it very far into my research, so I think we're going to stick with the... Yes, Sierra. Yeah, we're going to agree. You tell your middle schoolers, that is the exact reason. 100 percent we're gonna go post it to wikipedia my gap today for doing research on sand today <laughs> real slow day of work for caleb so that that was, that was a good one um to end the the listeners questions on we want to thank you guys for getting those out there absolutely but now on to the fun questions here this is, these are the questions oh and actually real quick we'll finish off with the main ramirez article yes. before we get to our questions um we mentioned main ramirez in japan uh the big time player played for the red sox played for the dodgers big guy thank ortiz but Honestly, fatter. Yep. Um, so he got a new contract with, what's the team name in Japan? It is the Kochi Island Fighting Dogs. Go dogs. Um, <laughs> so the three big things in his contract that are a li- little different. One is he gets a um, he gets a private suite wherever the team travels. Yep, so he doesn't Two, stay with the team. Right, he has to stay on his, he gets to stay by himself. Not really shocked by that as a big time MLB player. Exactly. He kind of gets coddled. Second is he gets a private uh, Mercedes. Chauffeured Mercedes. And the question to me is, why Mercedes? Right. I, it's a great car. I'm not Absolutely. doubting it. But Any Mercedes owners or sellers out there, very good car. But yeah. there's so many different options you can go yeah. with, especially how much money he has. Interesting choice. Um, I'll let you cover the last two because I think they're so, super cool. So we're going to hit the first one. He gets a jersey that just says Manny I on the back. I did that one. I apologize. Um, so you know, usually you get it's your last, last name. name on it. Um, if you're Ichiro, then there becomes a sort of weird thing. Right. Is that your last name? We don't really ever know. Yeah, we don't really know. <laughs> but um, but yeah, he gets the shirt that says Manny. I think that's pretty cool. Um, the the next one, I think I'll start off the first part of this uh, okay. last. folks. So sorry for the weird silence. There. I had a giant brain fart. Uh, so part of what he gets, one of his uh, quirks or perks, probably perk is a better probably word for there, perk, yeah. <laughs> is that uh, he gets optional practices. So he, he can go to... <laughs> I wake up. Yeah. Hey, coach, I'm sending this one out. Yeah, not really feeling like going today. Uh, so how... <laughs> Anytime we have lulls or laughs, people, keep in mind, we try to do this one take, one straight, yeah. start to finish through. So sometimes there's occasion that you and I just look at each other and run <laughs> like, out of things to say. We do. Say. It happens. So yeah, he gets... <laughs> Optional practices. He, he doesn't have to go to everyone. He nope. gets to pick and choose where they are. That's the life right, right. there. Absolutely. Uh, the last thing, which is the coolest part about it, you and I both love it. Um, I know some people are for it or against it. I think you either love it or hate it. Um, I kind of grew into it. It was one of those things didn't like it to start with. But still learning. I'm still learning. Yep. Um, he gets unlimited sushi whenever he wants. It's so I absolutely think that's awesome. the coolest thing in the world. Because, I mean, you could think of, like... Um, I mean, what comes to a man's head when he says, I'll sign with you, but I want unlimited sushi whenever I want it. So, wakes up 2 a.m., calls this guy, 
Oh, knock on the door ten minutes later. <laughs> Sushi time. Yeah, I, can just, I can just see it now, right? He's sitting at home in his Manny jersey. The, Not the, at practice because nope, he doesn't have to go. Yep, the Mercedes out front. He says, you know what? Not going to practice today. Calls coach up Take and says, it. "Hey, guys, uh, I'm not going to be in, but can you have my chauffeur bring me some right. sushi? <laughs> can you send some sushi over?" So, so qu- quite the story. It's cool to see him out there still doing some work. Really, just doing it for the money right. and the name. Probably experienced too. Quite right. a, quite a lot of stories. I almost see it as he's bored. Honestly, oh, um, baseball yeah. season takes up certainly a lot of time. That we talked about the longest season from April to October. So it takes up a ton of time. So I think at this point, a lot of guys, when they retire, they retire so early, they're still, you know, under 40. Um, so they're just, he, he's just bored and has stuff to do. But um, we're not going to go jump into the part portion of the show where we um, give each other one sports question, yep. one non-sports question. Could be funny, could be serious, could be whatever we wanted to. So exactly. I'll let you so, lead off. Uh, I'm going to jump in here. Uh, a sports question for you. Okay. Now, if, you, if you've been listening to the episodes, we talked a little bit about each other. We know that Tweezers had a couple of bum knee issues. Obviously, yep. it kept you off the ice, I want to say. Mm-hmm. It's probably... So, what's something... How, how can you advise the listeners out there to cope with injuries uh, after a major something like that that would maybe stop you from playing your favorite sport? Um, you certainly went way off the board. Yeah. I thought you were going to. Yeah, I went um, big. Very big question. Um, but, yeah, real quick, uh, my freshman year of high school, I tore my ACL. Um I actually wasn't even playing. We were just going through warm-ups. Uh, just stood up from doing my stretches and heard, basically, you chewing a piece of bubble gum and you pop it, come from my knee. That mm. was about it. Um, my senior year, tore my meniscus, um, got surgery on it, and then actually about two or three years ago, um, tore my meniscus in my other knee, but they didn't want to do surgery on that one. I was just kind of healed on its own. Um, but I would tell tell any athlete that deals with it, um, just don't get down on yourself. I know I, I dealt with it. Because um, in high school, way much more unfit than I was now, yeah. um, I'll admit it. But once that injury hit, I was probably doing hockey-related stuff four or five days a week, almost every day of the week. Um, but after it, you know, I'd be sitting on the couch just watching TV, just in a pair of sweatpants, just, you know, kind of eating the day away because yeah. there was nothing else to do. But I would just tell you to be positive. Um I don't talk about it much, but I, I would say I battle with depression a little bit because, yeah, you know, you're doing the thing you love, and then all of a sudden it, the rug kind of gets pulled out from underneath you. So I remember sitting in the doctor's office. Um, I certainly cried when it happened. I won't well, lie. there's no <laughs> doubt about that. It's, um, it's your favorite sport. It's a right. sport you've put so much time into, and now they're saying you're not going to be right. back on the ice. ER, guy told me, you know, four to six weeks. I go back to the doctor after getting my MRI comes back. They tell me, you know, four to six months. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a big it's, hit. It's, that's a big hit. And then they asked me, you know, what position you play. I was a goalie. always was. Uh, and they said, well, you know, if that's a position, then it's a no-go from us. I mean, we can't clear you. So when you hear that, it's demoralizing, but it's one of those things. Stay positive. Surround yourself with good friends and good people that build you up. And then once you get that, you know, cleared to play or cleared to not play, whatever it is, just work your ass off to be the best athlete you can be in anything else. I yeah. took up golf and bowling and just tried to be the best athlete I could a, be in the next sport. Yeah, heck of a golfer and a bowler, right. I can, I can, um, you know, admit that. Uh, so let's got? go ahead and lighten the mood. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, who do you see as the team MVP for the Tigers this season? Wow. All right, team MVP for the Tigers. I remember, this is March, and we have quite. We're not even in the real baseball yet. Uh, I'm going for Norris. Uh, part of it's because I, I think I got a little bit of a, a special thing for Norris. He's my my Nick Castellanos yep. for you. Low man crush. Um, so I, I do. I like the kid. I think he's showing a lot of talent to come back from the injury and you know, the was it thi- whatever the thyroid cancer he Something had. Like that. That's a big deal. Which so, again never came up on the the physical. Exactly. <laughs> so um, 
I think he's he's my kind of underdog, my okay. my hot take, as they say on on ninety seven one. Hot take. <laughs> so I think it's gonna be Daniel Norris. He's done a lot in spring training. He's put up a lot of goose Is eggs. Is it Daniel Norris or Matt Boyd? Because he said them both. <laughs> you I said led, Dan- you led with you said Boyd, and then you led with Norris. So do you want to be Norris? Because Norris was the one that was sick. Oh, I said Norris. Okay, yeah. okay. My bad. We'll listen back. I think I was right. Tweet thinks he was right. I think I said Norris. That's my pick. Uh, moving on to the next question. Okay. Without going too far here. Is my, my second question is, I'm going to keep it in the sports world. Okay. But it's not quite sports related. All right. If you could have any job okay. inside of sports, but it's it's behind the scenes job. Okay. It's maybe a front office. Not, not front office. You're not making decisions. Okay. Maybe it's just a... A paper pusher, mail guy. Maybe you're a hot dog stand guy. Maybe you're a janitor. Okay. Uh, what job is it that's not necessarily actually related to the sports, but it's in the sports world? Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, um, I'm not a huge math or accounting guy myself, but I would say sports agent. Oh. Um, I've heard many guys that have the same agent, so um, and I think they get a couple percentage per deal. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, if you're a big time sports agent, you're certainly doing just fine yourself, money wise. But Think about the crew relationships you've had. I've heard, you know, Max Scherzer and his agent went out to the bar last night and, you know, probably had too many. But, you know, stuff like that where yeah. me and Justin Verlander are buddies or me and Nick Castellanos, we just get to hang out sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just as guys, you know, just kind of shooting the stuff and, yeah. and just kind of having fun. So, to me, that would give me a hands-on element to the sport where I'm involved, but I'm not. Um, I'm getting paid handsomely. And three, I get to hang out with athletes as if I'm just hanging out with the guys. Hey, very cool. Love the answer. Uh, so mine is way off the board from sports. <laughs> One food that you could eat every day for the rest of your life. I've put a lot of thought in this question okay. in the past little while. Okay. Um, uh, it's, it's known here I'm a nerd. I watch a lot of YouTube stuff about nerd stuff. Now you're wondering why? where does this cross over to the food. Right. One of my YouTube guys made a post on, on Twitter saying something like, you know, what's your favorite food right now? And I replied to him saying, you know what? It's, it's gravy and biscuits, and it just overtook fried apple pies, okay. who was the previous champion for 20 years. Okay. So it's fr- it's gravy and biscuits. And, I no, this, this wouldn't be the thing it. you would eat, you know, the entire day, but this is the one thing you could eat for, you know, for the rest of your life. Gravy and biscuits. Day. That's it. Really? I love gravy and biscuits. Okay. It's got such a hearty, hearty taste to it, and honestly, I probably won't count, but when you take a biscuit and put some jelly on it, it adds a little extra. Now, okay. not with the gravy, but it's kind of a dessert still entwined now, within my food choice. do you, choice. to get into your gravy element here a little bit, now, are you more of like the thicker gravy, not like a thinner? need to be thick. It's got to be thick. Now, do you, thick. do you use the sausage in it? Then take the sausage out to get the drippings of the sausage. Exactly. No no chunks of sausage in it, but okay. your specs and, and okay. so it's the pan you use right. to fry it up. And then you take the sausage or the bacon. Usually right. sausage you, makes a better gravy. Kind of deglaze the pan a little bit. Exactly. And, and, and you create some gravy with it. So that's, it's, it's just milk, flour, and grease. That's exactly. Really and that's my take. Delicious. That's, uh, okay. Biscuits and gravy. It certainly can't go wrong with that. Absolutely. Um, but that's that's really all you and I both have, so we're kind of going to wrap it up real quick. At TylerWhite95, at Jose... Underscore. Big Iglesias. That's our Twitter handles. I'm Tyler White. That's Caleb Kennedy. Uh, this was episode four of the Clep and Tweet Show. Take it easy. Peace.